2: we are all going to die. Your Valentine, the person sitting next to you if you're here on a date, that person is going to die. If you're Polly, your Valentine's plural. The people sitting on either side of you are filling up the whole fucking row. They are going to die, all of them. Polly will not save you from death. (laughs) Nancy just died. I'm going to die. All of us, we are going to die. I know this is a pretty morbid way to open a show on Valentine's Day. (laughs) Today is about flowers and chocolates and tender lovemaking. If you have a valentine... If you don't have a valentine, today is about cynical jokes, box wine, and defiant masturbation. (laughs) But Valentine's Day is haunted by death, as is sex and love. We wouldn't be celebrating Valentine's Day, Saint Valentine's Day, if someone hadn't been martyred. Unlike scores of other Catholic saints, St. Valentine is actually believed to have existed. He was a Christian who performed marriage rites for Roman soldiers who, at the time, were not allowed to be Christian or married. And that pissed off Emperor Claudius II, and on February 14th in the year 2070, Valentine was beaten with clubs and then beheaded. And because Roman emperors don't go in for half measures, Claudius had another guy named Valentine executed the following February 14th. (laughs) Now legend has it, and this part is almost certainly bullshit, that the first Valentine wrote a letter to his jailer's daughter the night before his execution and signed it, From Your Valentine. 18 centuries later, you are obligated to come through with flowers and chocolates and tender lovemaking or box wine and defiant masturbation. Because Valentine signed his letter that way, from your Valentine. The guy was in prison facing a death sentence. He could just as easily have signed his letter, get me the fuck out of here, Valentine. Imagine how different today would look if he had... February 14th would be break up with the fucker day. It would be DTMFA day. Sex, of course, is a kind of death. The French call the orgasm le petit mort, or the little death. It's safe to say that a French man came up with that expression. Because while dicks collapse and die after one sad, pathetic little orgasm, Pussy is just getting started. <laughs> we men, were one and done. Women are one and then some. Which makes you wonder how lesbians know when they're done fucking. <laughs> or if they are ever done fucking. <laughs> Sex is also a way to cheat death. Sex is powerfully pleasurable and it effectively compels us, it cons us... Into passing along our DNA. Some of us pull a double cross on sex. We take the pleasure part without the passing on our DNA part by taking the pill, using condoms or fucking butt. <laughs> and death, death stalks love too. My Valentine is the DJ who performed before the show) My Valentine. So nice, I married him twice. First in Vancouver on our 10th anniversary and last year at Seattle City Hall when gay marriage became legal in Washington State. I've been with Terry so long that it's hard to imagine a future without him. I literally can't wrap my head around the concept of a present without him. To exist in the now without Terry... The thought is so awful that I don't allow myself to contemplate it. It's just too much. We've been together for 20 years. We've been together for 20 years. At this point, I don't remember how to do laundry. (laughs) Tis a fearful thing to love that... The 12th century poet Judah Halavi wrote those words. It might be the truest thing that has ever been said about love and death. And he's right. And he's dead. And I'll be dead one day, deader than Chris Christie's White House hopes. And all of you will be dead one day, deader than Michelle Bachman's eyes. And all of our Valentines will be dead one day. So tonight, on a very special, slightly morbid Valentine's Day edition of the Savage Lovecast, we are going to talk sex and death or as I like to call them, coming and going. (laughs) Caitlin Doty of Ask a Mortician fame is here (laughs) to talk with us about love and death and mourning so you will know what to do if your Valentine should drop dead after the show tonight. Caitlin Doty will be dead one day. Comedian Christine Levine is here to share a story about love and death in porn shops. Christine will be dead one day comedy duo The Wet Spots, Cass King and John Woods are also here. They performed the Savage Love Cast theme for us live at the top of the show, and they will be back later to sing songs for us about booty calls and dildo smuggling. <laughs> Cass and John will be dead one day. All of that, plus sex advice and the tit clamp intermission challenge <laughs> coming up Caitlin Doty is an LA based mortician and a public advocate for death acceptance. She is best known for her terrific and insightful and funny and moving web series, Ask a Mortician. Her first book, Smoke Gets in Your Eyes, will be published this September. Please welcome Caitlin Doty.
3: Hello. Welcome to the Death Cast, everyone.
2: <laughs> um, so, you're only 29 and you're a fucking mortician. How the hell did that happen? Well, I'm not a fucking mortician. <laughs> yeah, that's least... not the kind of mortician you want to find for mom, right? At least not tonight. Well, you're well. On a, you're on a mortician. That's I am a mortician. kind of amazing.
3: Yeah, there are a lot of young lady morticians. I'm actually in, I went to mortuary school and most of the people I went to mortuary school with were young ladies.
2: How odd, because I think mortician and I think creepy old man. Creepy
3: old man, yeah, that's that's the idea. But no, there's a revolution afoot.
2: And how did you get into the death business originally?
3: Uh, well, I was kind of a, like weird kid, obviously, and uh, I was a, like a medieval history geek. I liked decomposing tombs and death rituals and all that. And then when I graduated, I started to work at a crematory, and I got thrown right into like burning the bodies. And it totally transformed me. And that was I, I six don't think years you ago. want to
2: use the expression, I got thrown right in after. thrown
3: right in. I started well, working you, at you crematory and I fucking got mortician, thrown so. right in.
2: So help me out here. We all know that um, our partners, the people we fall in love with, uh, and hopefully stay in love with, will eventually wither and die, and that we will ultimately be left alone and heartbroken unless we go first, in which case we will leave someone else alone and heartbroken. So why, in your professional opinion, do you think people want to fall in love so badly in the first place, when all the end of it is pain and death and loneliness? That's a fun question to start with. Um, We're going
3: to bring the mood right on up in this room. Um, I think that sex and death, love and death go to, they're like peanut butter and chocolate, like Simon and Garfunkel, like they just go together really well. And you kind of, the thing about our society is that we concentrate on the love part a lot. We concentrate. We have OkCupid okay profiles, we have like Pinterest wedding boards, we have all this shit that's about love and how to fall in love but we don't concentrate on the death part but they go together so if you're uber focused on love you have your partner, you fall in love and then you just get to sit there and have horrible fear about their impending death
2: The only thing I think I've ever said to Terry about his death until tonight um, was you're not allowed to die Right I forbid Which it. Which is
3: a lot of pressure for him because it's going to happen. I mean, you're not, you're not promised love. The only thing you're promised is death in this world. That's all you get, guys. Sorry. Wow.
2: So all the bitter single people who are here tonight who do Woo! not have love, look on the bright side. Death you still for everyone. have death.
3: Yeah, you know, I'm just a, I'm a giver of dreams. <laughs> death for you all. You're so, welcome.
2: Do you think we, we haven't always been this estranged from death? This is a new development. Death used to be sort of all-consuming and omnipresent in our lives, and with expanding lifespans and people dying in hospitals, we've sort of sequestered ourselves from death
3: yeah it 's a really new development because even a hundred years ago, people were dying in the home you know it, w- it wasn 't the way people would die quickly you wouldn 't necessarily wither and die, like you say that your partners are going to you would die quickly you would have 20 years of marriage would all would if you're lucky that's how, how much you would get mm-hmm. you were taken out by you know your consumption your diphtheria you were going out quickly and so death was everywhere around you all the time so you didn't have the luxury of pushing it away and corpses were around you uh, all the time
2: one of my theories about why the divorce rate is so high now as opposed to you know 200 years ago 100 years ago is that 100 years ago you would look at the spouse you hated and think, ugh, the next influenza epidemic will get you. I don't need to, I don't need to run the fuck away. I just need to leave the windows open after you go to sleep. Here's the thing. Though. A lot, there's a theory
3: that Victorian mourning practices, which are like women wearing like huge black crepe dresses for years and years after their husband died, was actually a way to keep them not sexual was to, like, to keep to advertise like, oh, she can't, she's not, you know, she's had her sex. She's had her husband. Like, she's shut on down.
2: That's why uh, goths and steampunks can't get laid, because we still have that <laughs> reaction to the way they dress.
3: I, there has to be a dissertation on that somewhere. I'm just teasing goths and steampunks.
2: Don't throw your chairs at the stage, please. <laughs> um, we have some questions about death from the audience. Would you like to take a few? Uh,
3: sure, yeah. Uh,
2: we will have you back later for your thoughts on sex. Yes, because this... those are really, really worthwhile
3: <laughs> You said sex and death go together They do, yeah, 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 that's true I'll just answer them as I would a death question But just replace death with sex And see what happens Who knows so,
2: How quickly does a body have to be embalmed after sex? What? I've just replaced sex with death Oh, 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 oh <laughs> Just <laughs> giving you a cyst there
3: It would be great if you said that I was just like four to six hours so it's really death right yes um I got I, you set me up perfectly for that, and I was like, "What? Um, okay, uh, you don't have to embalm a body. You, that's totally not a thing you have to do. That's a kind of yeah, woo, yeah. Um, that's a kind of a, a bullshit recent invention of the funeral industry to preserve a body. If you want to like fly the body to Europe, or you want to like take it around to different churches and have a like weekend at Bernie's style day around town, <laughs> you probably want to embalm the body." But other than that, if you're just having a nice viewing and a nice, you know, you don't need to embalm that body at all. It's a chemical procedure and you can have it, but you don't need it.
2: Is it, is it true people are a tiny bit lighter immediately after they die, not attributed to peeing or losing their fluids? This is those studies where they think they've found the weight of the soul because someone's a couple of ounces lighter immediately after death?
3: Yeah. The answer to that is no.
2: <laughs> they haven't found the soul? No. So what are those studies? Just Bullshit. Uh, yeah, the, yes. We will call them bullshit. All right, this is probably your least favorite question. Sometimes I fantasize about sex with a corpse. How can I work this out? Question mark.
3: I, sh- I should have seen that one coming. Coming? Should have seen that one coming. That wasn't even a joke. I just... I, that's, okay. Um, they
2: didn't react to it like it was one, actually. Yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> uh, um, uh, well... Um, Okay, so the thing with what's interesting about necrophilia is that they think that there's a lot of things interesting about necrophilia. Come on. (laughs) There's everything interesting about necrophilia. What they figured out, and there's not a lot of data because there's not a lot of like, woo, you know, there's not like a public group for necrophiliacs. But what they figured out is about fi- only about 15% of people are actually sexually attracted to the corpse and the rest of the people either have some real pathology or it's kind of a performance issue. They think, you know, this is somebody who
2: will not judge me.
3: Will not judge me. Exactly. This is somebody who's like a passive partner. So, I guess what I would recommend is getting someone like someone in the fetish community to do corpse play with you, which is a real thing. Don't actually go to your mortuary.
2: So if somebody's bustling out of the theater right now, we know who asked that question. Corpse plan. Happy
3: Valentine's Day.
2: Um, What happens to breast or other implants after death, and are they bad for the environment?
3: Uh, Yeah, probably. Yeah, so I actually, I, I never had to deal with that, but my boss at the first crematory I worked at, was like, oh man! Like I, we had this woman with silicone breast implants, and in the crematory retort, it just fucked up the retort because I think it just sort of like went out and like plastinated on the floor of the cremation chamber, and they had to like send someone in there to pick it out. I don't know. That's what he told me. That could have been like him being like, haha, the new girl. Like we're gonna tell her this," but I, it sounds true to me.
2: We're gonna say it's true. So, so, I, so probably. One more awful question and then a good question. Oh, okay. Would you That's mind great. if someone fucked your corpse? That's
3: so sweet. Thank you. I th- I thought I wasn't going to have a Valentine, but <laughs> sounds like you're out there.
2: You must have a box of restraining orders in your office and so you just like <laughs> yes throw out at people.
3: Yes, I just like... I, when I'm feeling lonely, I just spread them out on the floor and like roll around in no, them. No, 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 that
2: you take out against your yeah, exactly. view. Yes. Yeah. Okay, good. It's just
3: nice to know somebody
2: loves me, you know. <laughs> but you don't want them within 200 yards of you at any time. No,
3: no, no, no. And I also don't... No, I don't. Also, people, like, there's this idea of the corpse, like, vampires and the Victorian beautiful corpse are these beautiful things and, like, corpses are actually kind of not are they gross. They're gross. Like, and they can be beautiful if you make them beautiful but we're viscerally designed to be not so into corpses because if we eat them, they make us sick. We're against decomposition. Like, we have all these biological things. They remind us that we're gonna die. Like, you may think you wanna have sex with my corpse but when it comes down to it you're probably going to be like,
2: mm, thank you. (laughs) Thanks, but no thanks. Uh, Last question um, for the death segment. But thank you anyway. We have a four and six-year-old, and our 16-year-old cat is dying. So two kids, four and six, and a 16-year-old cat is dying. Should we allow them to see his euthanasia and or see his body after his death? P.S. Love your YouTube videos.
3: Oh, thank you. Um... First of all, I'm so sorry. <laughs> that's, that's terrible. Um, but I, actually, my cat just died. Um, <laughs> it's, oh, now we are bringing down the mood. Um, my cat just died, and what I did was a home euthanasia, which is something that I did a bunch of research on. I didn't know they did that, but there's a, a pet doctor, or a veterinarian,
2: as they call them, will <laughs> come to your home. Not to get technical <laughs> yeah. on you, motherfuckers. One,
3: one, one of them darn pet doctors come to your house. Um, but they'll come to your house and it was so beautiful. And they just, they very nicely, you know, just inject the cat and it goes to sleep. And then they give it the drug. And I had her right curled up on my lap. And then we had a wake for her, we like all the candles. And it was, candles, and it was the... really, really beautiful. So I, I think that actually is a good time of transition for the kids out of this cat that's part of their lives to cat is no longer part of your life. So I think that's a beautiful thing. And you absolutely should let them be involved.
2: That's interesting to hear about this sort of angel of death coming to kill your cat in your house, because one of the things people talk about when they've taken their pets to, to be euthanized, um, which is something we should be able to do for our loved ones who are not animals, which is not to let them suffer either, is that for, you know, a dog going to the vet is a traumatizing experience. And many dogs have this sort of, and cats will have this reaction of being in the pet office getting very tense. And to actually have the vet come to you in this place and space that's familiar to your pet, how much more what
3: was, so compassionate my cat, is that? My cat like went down purring. She had no idea what was happening. She was curled up in my lap. She was like, ooh, a new person petting me. This is great. It was, it was really, really, I can't recommend it enough. And people should do that with pets.
2: They should do it with humans. It's, it Don't was even wonderful. wait till your cat is sick. Just do it. It's a beautiful, beautiful experience.
3: Go out on top with all your pets. <laughs> Don't let anything bad.
2: Caitlin Doughty of Ask Mortician. She will be back. She will be back later in the show. And now, Cass King is a former sex columnist, which I didn't realize was a thing. No one ever told me that you could stop writing a sex column. And John Woods used to play guitar in a punk rock band, Today they are the husband and wife comedy duo slash lounge act, The Wet Spots. I first heard of them a couple of years ago when my readers started sending me links to their stuff on YouTube. I finally got to see The Wet Spots perform live last year in Vancouver, B.C., where Cass and John live, and I am thrilled that they were able to come down here tonight to Seattle and join us for our Valentine's Day show Please welcome the Wet Spots.
0: Thank you very much. As Dan said, my name is Cass King. My name is John Woods. And we're the Wet Spots. And we write love songs for people who are kind of slutty. It's a cozy little niche. We wrote this one for our neighbors. It happens fairly often when we get to getting off and then a soft and tender thud comes through the wall.
1: Jesus Christ! We know that they can hear us. It's their little way to cheer us on
0: since they apparently
1: have no sex
0: at all. We suspect that they're a little shy. Yes, that must be the reason why. They never seem to look us in the face. We'll have to have a
1: do where
0: we invite them over to. Get to know us in a confidential way, and we'll say hi there, we're
1: your kinky neighbors. It's great that you came by to see the pad. Hi there, we're your
0: kinky neighbors How lovely that you brought brought your mom and dad Won't you step in and have a gin and tonic We'll mix it up and serve it in a nice colonic Hi, hi, we're we're your kinky kinky neighbors And we know how to treat our neighbors right They got so mad at me one time I was using my vibrator, He's gifted at fellatio, but Geraldine's a top and somewhat frigid.
1: I see you have a massive fist. Are you a sadomasochist? If so, Manuel can handle up to twenty inches.
0: Hi Hi there, we're we're your kinky neighbors. Thank you so much for calling the police. Hi there, we're we're your kinky neighbors. They've learned to show up with their truncheons greased. If you should be awakened by some screaming late at night, clams are on a little time, high. So hi, hi,
1: we're your kinky neighbors, and we know how to treat our neighbors right, hi, hi, we're, we're your, your super, super duper kinky neighbors, and we know how to treat our neighbors right.
0: Thank you So uh, we, are, we are indeed a, a, a Canada's premier bisexual polyamorous musical sex comedy duo And we have been married for 10 years now 10 years I think So uh, by a round of applause How many people have ever been in a long term relationship in this Are currently or have ever been Alright, you're pretty happy about that shit That's alright That's lovely. Now, if you're like us and you're a little bit slutty, you will find that there's always a time when you have or want to have this conversation.
1: Darling, I adore you, and these years have been the sweetest of my life. Everybody knows our relationship
0: is nice. It's a charming affair, and the way that you care makes it comfortable
1: for me to share that sometimes
0: I just want to fuck somebody else.
1: Darling, you've explored my
0: every wish and you've indulged my every fantasy. And nowadays you
1: love me so efficiently
0: that I think you should go fuck somebody else. Challenge yourself.
1: You're still the love of my life, and it's not really like I've got someone in mind. Okay, I'm lying. (laughs) I read a book and it states having multiple dates with your multiple mates is satisfying. Why are you crying? Darling, like I
0: told you, if it's not okay with you, then that's all right.
1: I'll hold you close and love you every night. Pretending that I'm fucking someone else. Pretending that I'm fucking someone else. Really fucking banging someone else
0: My father says you're nifty, and you've heard of Baudelaire, and And we both both agree agree that human rights abuses are unfair. You understand your feelings, and you're not afraid to share, and And I think think I I could could do something with your hair. (sighs) You smell nice, and you're groovy, And and we both like foreign movies. My mother says you have that touch of class. Well, I can see a shining future Where we'll dialogue and nurture But there's one last thing I feel I need to ask
1: Do you take it in the ass? Do you take it in the ass?
0: Cause you're beautiful and curvy But unless you're kind of pervy There's no way you and me are gonna last Do you take it in the ass?
1: in the ass. When it comes to brains, you've got them But unless you'll play the bottom I'm afraid I'm gonna have to take a pass Well, you're adorable, reliable But is your anus pliable? That's the information that I need You would do it if you love me If you're nervous, squat above me You'll be able to control the depth and speed
0: That really works. (laughs) Do you take it in the ass? Everybody sing!
1: Do you take it in the
0: ass? Oh, that's beautiful.
1: Because I've ordered in a shipment of the relevant equipment. I've got
0: lubricant and poppers and some grass. Do you take it in the ass? Do you take it in the ass?
1: If you need more information on this type of penetration, I hear the Toys in Dayblad runs a class. You see, you see, I'm not the kind of fella who can get off on vanilla. No, I need a little color in my sex
0: Well, honey, bye, it just so happens that I brought my Dayglow strap on and some mescaline to heighten the effect. <laughs> Are you ready?
1: Sure. Do you take it in the
0: ass? Sing, you fuckers! Do you take it in the ass?
1: Ooh, do you take it in the?
2: Welcome back, Caitlin Doty.
3: Like your bad zombie nightmare. <laughs> back
2: again. So, another question from the audience. In regards to death, why can we end the suffering of our sick and elderly pets, but we cannot do that legally for ourselves? Do you see a change in society that will allow people to choose death with dignity when they want to?
3: Absolutely, yeah, I do. Um, there's, there's five states in the U.S. that it's legal now. They don't like to use the word assisted suicide because they've done polls and they find out that when you poll people and ask them, are you for assisted suicide? People are like, oh God, no, no, no. Because that sounds
2: like somebody throws you off the bridge. Right,
3: exactly, like I will assist you in your death. Um, but when you say death with dignity and you actually explain that it's allowing people with terminal illness to end their lives on their own time, the poll numbers shoot way up for what people want and what they want to vote for. Um, so the states that it's legal are Montana, Washington. Congratulations. Um, Oregon. Wyoming. Oregon. Uh, now New Mexico. And Wyoming. And Wyoming? I thought yeah, it was Montana. Yeah, by court
2: decision. Uh, never mind. Montana. Yeah. <laughs> oh.
3: But uh, yeah, so it's, it's getting there. Uh, I know there are initiatives that are beginning in California, which is where I'm from that I very much want to be a part of because, absolutely, there's no reason that... Uh, if, if you haven't seen it, there's a documentary called How to Die in Oregon um, that I would really recommend and kind of elucidates some of these issues.
2: This yes, This question keeps coming up because, you know, we're doing sex and death, so it's on people's mind, the intersectionality of sex and death. Um, what is the prevalence of necrophilia <laughs> among Americans? As opposed to Canadians who won't fuck anything that's living. What's it down here? Uh,
3: they, they don't know, again, because not, not, people are not really public with their necrophilia. Yeah. So all of the data they have is kind of sketchy. Um, but they think, they think it's actually not. People are more interested in it than it actually happens
2: obviously hope so based yeah. on the questions we got tonight i certainly yeah. hope there's more well
3: when you hear like sex and death you're not thinking about like eros and thanatos and the intersectionality of sex and death you're thinking like necrophilia <laughs> you know, it's like the first thing that comes to your mind
2: final question are you at risk of death and you're not a doctor and neither am i but let's pretend <laughs> are you at risk of death if you enjoy an alcohol couple's enema E.g., chocolate-covered sherry up the butt, a creamy stout up the butt, a nice bottle of puckery rosé up the butt. Thank you so much. (laughs) My my folks are polite. You can give them that. Totally interested in corpse-fucking and alcohol enemas, but courteous. Thank
3: you so much for your opinion on corpse-fucking. well, I'm, one, I am completely unqualified to answer that question, but I will say that if you do die, I look very much forward to filling out your death certificate with that information.
2: Caitlin Doty of a Mortician. Christine Levine worked in a porn shop in Portland, Oregon for 14 years. A person has two options after working the cash register in a porn shop for nearly a decade and a half. Prescription painkillers or stand-up comedy. Christine Levine picked comedy. Folks in the theater tonight who actually get to see Christine will recognize her from IFC's Portlandia. She's been a featured performer on all four seasons. Christine plays lesbians and swingers on Portlandia, but she is here tonight... To share a story from her porn shop days, please welcome Christine Levine.
4: Oh, what an honor it is to be here tonight. Um, uh, They said that being a porn clerk would never get me anywhere. Like, fuck you guys. I'm fancy now. I'm at the Neptune in Seattle. I'm a big deal. Thanks, thanks, thanks. Um, yeah, I worked at a porn store for a long time. And um, there's a lot of uh, stories that come out of that. Because you people are fucking nuts. So fucking weird. But um, uh, one of my... This is this is something that I like to t- uh, tell people. When they tell me that everything happens for a reason. I'm like, no, oh, I got something that's kind of stupid. Um, here's what happened. I was... I, it was uh, Christmas uh, time, uh, December 22nd, about eight years ago. And uh, I was drinking at work. <laughs> Graveyard shift, you get bored. You know, what the fuck can go wrong? It's Christmas. Let's celebrate, right? Anyway, I only have, I only have jobs that I can get fucked up at anyway. I, I, ha- I Yeah, a porn clerk can get fucked up there, no problem. Uh, I'm a comedian. Get fucked up there, no problem and i'm a mother so ain't that right baby mm-hmm. so i'm at work and i'm drunk and uh anyway it's, it seems like it's a slow night like nothing bad's happened everything's fine and then all of a sudden my coworker josh says uh hey the lights off in booth 26 okay you guys know what a jack shack is I got to explain to a savage audience what the Jack Shack is. No, you guys got it, right? The meat locker. So when the light goes off in that, you know, uh, that means that whoever's inside isn't paying and therefore is no longer renting the room. So me as the dutiful porn clerk, I have to go and knock on the door with the mag light and go, hey, buddy, pay or get out. That's what I got to do. So, um, it's always just some junkie or drunk passed out or something, so it's no big deal. So, I, grab, I tell Josh, I'm just like, I got this, I'll handle this shit. I'm hammered. And I grab the keys, and I go back to the arcade. Isn't that the greatest name for it? The arc, Like, that's so cute. Like, only gays would call it something that adorable, right? It's the cutest thing. <laughs> There's a little cat and mouse going on. It's kind of a fun game. Anyway, so. So I go back and um, I knock on the door, booth twenty six. Hi, come on, porn clerk. Christine, come on. And uh, no answer, nothing. Now behind me, I have one of our regular cruisers. I call him Senor Nussing. Okay, he is this gorgeous little Hispanic dude, and I mean little tiny guy. And he's wearing a fishnet shirt and black hot pants, leather hot pants, and boot and like go-go boots, right? And, and I call him Senor Nussing because every time I ask him, what the fuck are you doing? He goes, Nussing. <laughs> okay, Nussing. Senor Nussing. Um, so I, I'm just about to open the door and Senor Nussing says, I think he's sleeping. Be so quiet. And I said, okay. <laughs> I, got, I got this dude. And uh, so I open the door and um, I push it in, just in a little bit and I see... This guy's shoulder. And I recognized it immediately. I had seen this guy just 15 minutes earlier. And uh, he had bought what I call the gay happy meal. He bought... Yeah, he bought... uh, What do you think it is? Comden Lube and Popper. That's it. That is the homo trifecta. That's it. Yes. Oh my God, I love you. That's right. He bought... He bought those three things. And i just seen him, and everything was fine. But man, when I opened that door, nothing was fine. (laughs) He was so still. Like, dead still. Yeah, he was fucking dead. He was dead. He, okay, I mean, I just saw his shoulder and a chill went over me. Like, "I, I know this dude's dead. Okay, And I open it a little further, and I see... And I'm fat enough, I'm big enough, I could block Senor Nussin's view. Like, he didn't see shit. So I, but I open, I open the door, and I see um, this guy. And his blue, blue shirt kind of open. His pants down around his ankles. His eyes open to God. And he was had his hands, like, still around his dick, kind of. And, I know. And I was like... Oh. Okay, now there's two parts of me. There is the porn clerk part and there's a human part. Now the human part immediately, okay, the human part of me immediately recognized that there was a loss of life and oh, isn't that a bummer? But the porn clerk part of me was like, yeah, I get all the cred now. Like, you know what I mean? Like I was going to be the most popular porn clerk. I was the legendary porn clerk that found the dead guy and I was so excited about it. I was like... I got a fish on the line. I'm queen of the pork clerks. I thought it was such a badass. So, so then, of course, I knew people were going to ask me. So, of course, I check, did a quick look around to see if he finished. And he did not. Okay, or he ate it. Which is also shut up some of you weirdos do that it's fine it's okay if you do that some of you eat your own cum I know that it's perfectly fine if that's your gag that's that's your thing that's what you do but I don't judge so so maybe I like to think that he ate it because then that means he came and then it just oh it is belly it's in his tummy so I shut the door I shut the door and um Senor Nussing behind me, he say, he okay? And I go, yeah, we're just, you know what, Senor Nothing? we're just gonna let him sleep it off. Just stay away from here, okay, babe? And then I go back, I go back to the counter and I, and I grab the phone and I think like, I'm supposed to call 911, like they don't go through this in porn clerk school, you know, the <laughs> protocol. <sighs> but I think this is probably my next step. My coworker, Josh says, He says, how's the guy in book 26? And I said, well, he's he's doing better than we are. He's no longer here. He's fucking dead. He's gone. (laughs) He checked out. So he's great. We're the ones with the problem. (laughs) And and so I dial 911. And then the 911 dispatcher, this is where it gets so bizarre. It turns into fucking the weirdest story ever. This dispatcher, this dispatcher she does her little spiel she says uh, med- uh, 9 one medical emergency police or fire blah, 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 her little thing you know and I said oh I hadn't thought about that I don't know really I don't, I don't actually think I need any of those things you know I don't really I don't know she said well what's your what's your emergency and I said well I'm not now that I think about it might not even be an emergency I don't I don't know I said I said well let me tell you the problem let's call it that right let's call it the problem the problem is that I have a dead body in one of the booths and I would like you to come get it right like it's a sack of garbage someone left on my front lawn and I I don't know what to do about it Just come, somebody come get this this isn't mine well well she she turns around, she says to me so I think I think she's being funny with me because she goes, Well, how do you know he's dead? And I and I'm like, Oh, you thought I was kidding, so now you're making a joke to me. So I want to make a joke back and I said, Oh, because I tickled him and he didn't laugh. That's why. So I know <laughs> I, Like, me and her just having fun now with it, right? (laughs) Why be in a hurry? Well, then I realized, no, this bitch is fucking mad at me because I'm just being so flip about it. You know, she's pissed off. Because she says, no, I mean, why are you telling me this man is deceased? Are you a doctor? Are you qualified to diagnose someone as deceased? And I said, you bitch, I just told you that I am a porn clerk. Why would a doctor work at a porn store? (laughs) Of course not. No, that's <laughs> just ridiculous. So she's so she goes, okay. Well, why don't I just send somebody out then? I was like, fucking right, do that. Yeah. So, so then I know that the first responders are on their way, and it occurs to me, like I've never seen this guy before. I don't know his name. I don't know anything about him. But I wanted to know who he was, and I thought the coroner's not going to tell me who he is. The fucking, the, you know, the police aren't going to tell me, so I, I want to know. So I went ahead, and uh, I went back to the room. Because I, I did, I want to know what his name is. And uh, so I opened the door. I had Josh, like, stand, you know, guard and stuff to make sure Senor nothing didn't worry us, bother us. And then um, his, his pants, you know, were down around his ankle, so I reach in, and I grab his wallet and I found his ID and his name was Andrew and he was 52 years old and he had $35 (laughs) okay he had $35 and um so I took it (sighs) I took it okay okay but listen 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 Look! Like, Look! Like, Look! Like, Look! Like, Look! Like, Look! Like, before you judge me, listen, listen. It's it's not grave robbing because he wasn't in the ground. Not grave robbing. You can say what you want about it. It was Christmas. Let me tell you something. If you die at a porn store, you're gonna get rolled. That's just you can expect that, right? Just come on. I did thank him for his noble sacrifice though. Believe it, I did. I was, you know, like how a Native American, you know, thanks to kill, I was like very grateful to Andrew for, like, oh, that was awesome. Anyway, so I took his money and I left. Um, But I was really happy to find out who he was. And then I went back and then the first responders came and then they said, um, they they came and they, well, you got a situation. I said, oh, that's the one thing, yep. So I, and I opened the door and the first responders dropped their paddles and stuff and they said, holy shit, this guy's dead. And I said, right, I said, you go tell that cunt dispatcher that Dr. Levine <laughs> diagnosed him properly. <laughs> now then, and then the coroner came and um, I said, the coroner and I were talking and he said, well, do you remember the last thing he bought? And I told him that he bought the homo happy meal. And, uh, no, and the coroner said, well, why would he get the the amyl nitrate, the popper? And I had to explain to the coroner, I had to educate the coroner what that shit was about. That's an uncomfortable conversation. This guy's 80 years old. I had to tell him how to have gay butt sex. This is what you do, babe. So, and then he said, well, maybe he had a stroke because if he had been taking Viagra and then huffing the nitrate, you know, That would uh, make one, one raises your blood pressure and one lowers it and then you stroke out. So then I said to the coroner, so I tell him that and then I tell the coroner, I said, can we at least, you know, like do something about his car? And he said, no, his wife will come get it. And I was crushed because I thought his fucking wife, he goes, yeah, we already contacted her. She's on her way. She'll pick up the car. And I said, well, God damn it, can we just at least take the car and move it across the street to the fucking Baxter Auto part so she doesn't have to suffer the indignity of coming to get her dead husband's car at the porn store? And he said, oh, Christine, you're so sweet to even think about." that. <laughs> he didn't know that I'd stole the $35, obviously. I'm like, I'm so sweet. He said, but you're just gonna incur more you know, we just would have to tow it and that would be an even greater expense for the family because now they've got to pay for the funeral. Do you want that? And I said, well, no, okay, fine. So his wife came in in the morning, puffy eyes with her daughter. <sighs> her like 20 year old daughter. Yeah, got the keys and they left. And then a few days later, I found Andrew's uh, death notice in the, um, in the thing, in the paper. And I have to say, you know, um, part of me, Honestly, I wanted to go to that funeral. Isn't that sick? It would be such a weird funeral because everybody's what, you know, going around saying, oh, he died doing what he loved, <laughs> shit like that. But I think, I think part of me, I wanted the human part of me, that human part of me, like we make jokes about it and I am making jokes about it because I, if, I if you don't laugh, you'll cry. But the point is, is that Andrew was gay and he never, he never told anybody that he was gay. He lived this life with his wife. But I know what he was doing there. And I know his secrets. And I wanted to tell his wife, you know what? What Andrew was doing wasn't wrong. And everything's okay. And you don't have to be embarrassed that your husband was here. And he loved you. I'm sure that he loved you. Anyway, and I don't know that maybe it wouldn't have changed anything if he told somebody. But... I would like to think that if he had been brave enough and if he felt comfortable enough that he could have told somebody who he really was, he would not have been robbed by me. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much. Live free, you guys. Love you.
2: Christine Levine. Christine has her own podcast, Levine Large, which stars Levine and her three grown children. Check it out on iTunes. Weren't the Wet Spots amazing? We're going to welcome them back for another few songs. Give it up, The Wet Spots!
3: a show!
0: What a show! I'm so thrilled to be here. Uh, wow. Okay, so so this is Washington's Day. This is, in fact, Seattle. How many of you own a sex toy? <laughs> that would be 100% of the house, thanks to Toys in Babeland. All right. How many of you own batteries in your purse right now? That's what I want to know. Okay, now, this is a Savage Love audience. How many of you own special furniture to put your sex toys in? Yeah. I thought there were a few of you here. I thought there were. Any Hitachi Magic Wand fans out there? Yeah, I love those. I love them. They're like, you know, you stick them in the wall, I fucking fire up the generator. Come! <laughs> And then rabbits, rabbit pearls. Anybody rabbit pearl fan? Oh we got God. a we got a rabbit pearl fan. She's like, me. It's always me you know what? I always notice the rabbit pearl girls are like the highest maintenance women in the whole room. <laughs> Have you ever noticed that? You know what? I figure that it might be because the rabbit pearl, for those of you who are not initiated, of course you are, but the rabbit pearl kinda kinda does everything right like it kind of does everything like a little bit of this and a little bit of that for those of you who don't know what a rabbit pearl looks like it goes kind of kind of like this like that. if the rabbit pearl doesn't do it you don't need it go to bed the coke will wear off eventually Yes, but, uh, but until very recently, there were actually six states in the United States where it was illegal to sell sex toys for the purpose of using them as sex toys. Yes! Can you guess which states these are? <laughs> Utah, I heard of Utah, good guess, but no. Georgia, Alabama, Colorado, Virginia, and Ohio.
1: But until recently, the meanest, the baddest, the rootinest, tootinest, dildo, dildo hatinest state in the, state the, the union, union was Texas. Texas. a little song about a big lady who decided she was going to change that. Old Texas Annie had a big fat fanny and she drove a black sedan. She had Benoit balls in her overalls and a trunk full of contraband. And when the fog was thick she'd pack her dicks and sneak across the county line in Texas, in a tool for masturbation is a crime.
0: Hard living and promiscuous, she kinda liked the risk. She was a liquor drinking, dildo running rascal. With an electronic phallus for each housewife up in Dallas, and a probe for every asshole in El Paso.
1: herself down the around hear you hear and it says so in the bible that a bible leave the bible for a prison term of 27 years well she'd rent a room in a cheap saloon and start selling all her wares she'd been drinking whiskey and getting frisky conducting her affairs. By the end of the night, she'd be good and tight with a girl on either side. And then she'd grab her saddle and a ping-pong paddle, and she'd take them for a ride.
0: Till the good old boys got the good old balls all tied up in a sling. And the governor said, I'll have her head, that butch is gonna swing. The boys fell the place and they felt disgrace and they chased her hard and long. No debate in the Lone Star State about who should wear the doll Cause you can't buy a new in Texas. We don't. we don't touch ourselves down there around here,
1: you hear. And it says so in the Bible that a I believe you liable to be tried before a jury of your queers. I mean, peers. Right,
0: definitely peers. i in, in the, the bedroom picking out, picking out toys. <laughs> I'm
1: gonna, gonna get, get the, the electric, electric chair. chair. A
0: thousand volts in the dairy. dairy. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> Do it again, motherfucker. Come on.
1: So they strapped her in, and the governor grinned.
0: Oh, I guess you had your fun. Should have been by selling people guns. So good night, Texas Annie. I hope you burn in hell.
1: She said, I'll see you there, you son of a bitch. And I'll see her wife as well. So he flipped the switch and she began to twitch and vibrate all around. And she had disappeared and a hundred eyes grew wide.
0: The men were stiff with horror, but their wives looked satisfied. Cause you can't buy a in low in Texas.
1: So here's your chance to stick it to the man. Take every opportunity to whack off with impunity. Go fuck your
0: We like to think we are a, we're an open-minded crowd here, aren't we? We're a little open-minded. We like to think maybe we're a little kinky. But you know, look around the room. I hazard a guess to say that each and every one of us in the audience tonight has at least one thing that we will never, ever do again right? right? chopping the jalapenos and then having one off before red light? no never again no everybody has that one thing and this song is about my thing and if if it happens to be your favorite fucking thing in the world I'm not talking to you I'm not It just is my thing. It's my boundary, okay? So this is a song about my thing that I will never, ever do. Again. (laughs) I've had 857 lovers. Mm. And you're certainly the greatest of them all. You make me moan and whimper like no other. You take me on the floor and off the world. You're like an acrobat from Poont and Circus. I've never even seen you wearing clothes. There's just one thing I need to make it perfect. Come around arms around me listen close don't lick my toes. it's disgusting and disturbing it's upsetting and unnerving all the things you could be perving on why must you choosing those I'm not a prude Mine kinky, hanky, panky. You can piss on me or spank me with a second hand umbrella, but you better listen, fella. I should tell you right from hello there's no way I'll let you tongue the yellow, postulating sores that fester in between my. <laughs> don't lick my toes. I know you've seen it in the pornos. You don't see me mean- There should be some kind of indication to you that it's something I'm I'm just not that into, okay? It it just doesn't make me feel sexy, is all I'm saying. You know what? I don't even feel like living when this sort of shit starts to happen to me, to tell you the truth. You know? You know what it feels like? It feels like... It feels like being flossed with warm liver. Ah! Or, or, or stepping in something In the night You're expect and erect And all I think is disinfectant Mouthwash won't disguise the scent of all the fungus and the sweat Of all the filthy streets I've walked upon the stench Inside my socks upon the grave Of my grandmother Won't you please just find another way To showcase your vanity And stop with this insanity The door is shut The way it's closed What don't you get? I think it's gross I- Thank you Thank you so much. Uh, now, we have one last song for you tonight. before we send you out into the Valentine's Day night, for those of you who did not fuck first. To get your fuck on. Or for those of you who did fuck first, to fuck again. Now this is a love song for somebody who doesn't get very many love songs. You know? And we thought this person really needed one. It's the kind of person who maybe, you know, like you were together for a while and maybe the whole thing didn't work out in the long run. But if you are... In need In the middle of the night You can call them This is a love song For your booty call
1: Well we've always had a bumpy ride And this is where it ends Cause you don't like my attitude And I don't like your friends I can never be your baby But I can be your booty call
0: And my records, babe It's you that's got to go Well, I can never be your baby But I can be your booty call Yeah, yeah oh, I'd like to give a big, big thank you To Dan Savage and, and Nancy Hartunian And the Tech Ad Rescue For having us on the show tonight It's a real wonderful thing you got another
1: one for me? Yeah. Well, if you meet him at the love cast uh-huh. And you go back to his house yeah. And then he has another whiskey And then he passes out Well, honey, just give me a shout
0: Well, maybe
1: I will I can be a booty cow Yeah, if it's past 2.30 And you're watching
0: hoochie dances And you start to get Spots show tonight. One message from this beautiful show. We want you to remember to please buy our CDs. But if you take home two messages, remember to love each other, because we're going to die sometime. you got two left feet and your hair is sad. Your mama's so crazy
1: and so is your dad, but you're it up oh, yeah. by asking me whether What's that, there's a chance that we can get back together because that won't happen ever. That is never gonna happen. But I can be a
0: cow. I got one for you. Babe. All right. I got one for you. you know you're like my favorite underwear. Right. They're hanging by a thread. I can't take you out in public, but you're comfortable in bed. I can never. never be your baby baby. but I can be your booty booty
2: Take a bow. Take another bow. Thank you so much. Take another bow. Come on. No, no, come back. Come back. Come back. Take one more bow. The wet spots. So good so sexy <laughs> it wouldn't be a savage love cast without some sex advice we have questions that the audience submitted before the show started christine levine and caitlin Doty are going to join me now and the three of us porn clerk advice columnist and mortician are going to let you all have some sex advice come on out So thank you guys for willing to to give some advice with me And don't feel like you're not qualified Neither am I (laughs) Or I am, we all are Because when you look up advice in the dictionary What it says is opinion about what could or should be done So the only qualification you need to give advice Is some fool asked you for it
3: That's right Oh, I I certainly have that Yeah, Yeah, I got that all day
2: (laughs) And these fools asked us for it Here we go other than a fear of impregnating a woman, why would a straight man have an aversion to ejaculating inside his girlfriend?
4: Um, I know uh, because it smells like ammonia. Like in 12 hours, it's gross.
2: So if he's planning on going down on her within yeah, eight hours, With
3: with ever within any time, yeah. <laughs> I don't. That kind of sounds like an existential question to me. Like, a much, like, the, like, he fears the gaping chasm of his soul. And that, I don't know. I think, I think that goes deeper than just, like, ew. Or maybe he doesn't
2: trust you when you say that you're on birth control. Oh,
3: that's a big that's one. That's a real answer. That's yeah. a big
4: one. Yeah, that's a... Yeah. And nor should you. That's the right... Mm-hmm. Smarty. All
2: this right. is a question I call... I call these style questions, should you, would you... Because someone's asking, should you, because someone else clearly asked, would you, first. Uh. So when I read this question, imagine it's being put to you in a, would you do this? And now this person turns around and asks the sex advice columnist, should I do that? Here we go. Should you suck a dick, cock, penis, if it's already been in your ass or vagina?
4: I mean, you know, yeah, I, I know you're not supposed to, but I say, I do, I've done it. I've done it lots. lot. <laughs> <laughs> I'll eat anything.
1: I just put it in my mouth. I don't care.
3: Yeah. Uh, the elusive dick cock penis. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, if, you, if you're not comfortable with it, just like lightly clean it off or like sensually clean it off. You yeah. know?
2: With a ball washer from yeah. a golf pro get shop. Like,
3: get like a strawberry towelette or, or something. Or with your tongue. To like get in there. Massage Just it <laughs> up. Look
4: at all. Up. Who cares? If you've got hepatitis and he's got hepatitis, you can't get something you've already got. Just go for it.
2: I'm not even going to weigh in on that one. I think you guys nailed it. I
3: can't fight my logic, Dave. I wonder if the guy writing that was like, mmm, hepatitis. I'm worried about hepatitis. <laughs> no. Hepatitis
2: Gardia. But if you're, re- if you're really rolling around with somebody, if you're really in them and on them and touching them with your tongue everywhere, you've probably ingested a little bit of everything already anyway. That's
3: right. That's what I think. Yeah. And bacteria is really good at balancing itself out.
2: It
3: Unless is. it kills That's you, in like which science, case you profit. Guys. Yeah. <laughs> if Either I, one of us catches them. We're fine. So many <laughs> people guys, die so from cock, penis, dick... Disease ingestion every year.
2: I have a lot of intense fantasies that I am afraid to share with my partner. And then they list them and they are the boringest (laughs) like how can you not ask for this shit? Latex. Oh come on. Anal. Oh Jesus. Pony play. Okay, Uh that's a little a little above the anal cut. How do I start that conversation? Well, if your partner is sitting next to you... Yeah. Problem solved. Your, your partner will hear that
3: pony play is totally normal and acceptable and... And fun. Um, yeah. Can we just have them stand up so we all know yeah. who that
4: is? Can you just and stand up? And when they up, do, we you? should...
3: Put, we should who, all nay and support. Yeah, nay.
4: <laughs> you're in a safe place. Vive la
3: pony. Vive la révolution. It could be like a historical element to pony play. I have, I've never heard of pony play, and I'm really—it was maybe my question. This,
2: <laughs> this is a question that you know. As a gay dude, I talk about this on the show sometimes. Um, you get this question, I, I, and I'm going to go out on a limb here and guess that you're straight. And these kinks seem terrifying for you. They're the mountain. Telling your partner you want to try anal or wear latex catsuits or do pony play—that just is this terrifying mountain. To, how do you climb that mountain? And if you, for us, for gay dudes, like I looked my mom in the eye when I was 15 and said, "I suck cock." <laughs> so going to my boyfriend and saying, "Put this horse head on." is comparatively less scary than telling my Catholic mom I was a cocksucker. And I really feel like if straight people had to like, break their gay parents' heart by telling them that they were straight, that this shit wouldn't be so scary for you people.
3: So, so pony play is like a horse mask? It's horse mask. Sorry to keep harping on the pony play. It's horse, horse mask. Ma- and
4: they got a little tail that comes out. Oh, like out a dildo tail? No, no, it's like a butt plug and then a the A butt tail. plug with a tail? Yeah. Oh, and then uh, they get a little saddle That's and everybody amazing. goes hog wild.
2: For the panel members, what do you want to happen to your remains after you die?
4: Oh, can I go first? Yes. right, I got this. There is there is an organic natural burial plot place in Oregon where you just get dumped in the ground like nature intended and that's all. Nothing fancy. You just, just go back to the earth. No markers, no nothing. No, It's just beautiful. That's really what I Good mean. answer.
3: Yeah. Good answer. Um, yeah, what is it called? I don't know. It's in Oregon?
4: Yeah, it's in Oregon. It's a place in Oregon that does not and I don't know. That's all I know about it. It's not just it. in
2: oh. a national forest where it's serial like, killers like, <laughs> are dumping bodies.
3: <laughs> it's just my kids in my backyard. They're just going to dig me God. a hole like a dog. As God intended it. Yep. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I would like for there to be preserves where my body can be laid out for animals to eat me because I am, I am not a vegetarian. I eat meat. I've been eating my meat my whole life and I believe that animals should have their turn with me once I'm dead.
4: I, I want that for you. And
3: until that is legal, also natural burial. Is that not legal? You well, can't just here. What I want to do is not legal. What? But what you want to do is legal.
2: You can do it in Colorado. You can do fucking you anything can do any, in Colorado. Colorado
3: yeah. is the only state where you don't have to have any kind of license to be a mortician.
2: Oh my god! You're gonna ah. roll into Colorado and practice death. You know what I want done I to me, and I hate to be retrograde mm-hmm. and 50s about this. I want to be embalmed, preserved, uh, put in a oh. casket, put in a concrete box, so that like 50,000 years from now, somebody digs me up and goes, "Who was this fucker?" Part of the problem, clearly. Look at this waste. Part of the problem. I want to be that guy.
3: If you if you want to be that guy and you've thought about it, the most important thing is thinking about it, which I know is not your favorite no, thing it's not. at the moment. <laughs> We're She's working
2: on it. Coaching me backstage on uh, how to accept my own death, yeah. um, which I reject utterly. Yeah. Um, your deaths I'm comfortable with. Mine. <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: He made that clear backstage as well. <laughs> How do I get my 25-year-old male coworker to stop blatantly staring at my tits and ass while I talk to him? I'd prefer not to go to HR. Help me, Dan, and panel. P.S. I love you all.
4: Oh, oh, I why why stop him? I don't know. <laughs> I wish. don't know like i'm kind of a sexist i kind of get off on that kind of shit i love it
2: how do you stare at someone's ass while you're talking does he circle you (laughs)
4: yeah what does he do like damn girl
2: all the time it
4: just you know i think that um i've gotten people to stop staring at my tits and ass i just gain 100 pounds and fart whenever i want and it just (laughs) cinches it up
3: they just quit I was staring at your tits and that you did not deter me. Um, I I would say, tell them. Yeah, just tell them. Because they're they're a fucking asshole. And just be like, hey, I can see you peeping at my decodetage. Mm -hmm. And I would prefer you not to do that. Because if you're not going to go to HR, you have to do it yourself.
2: And if you're above this person, I think going to him and saying, friendly tip, and maybe you're not conscious of this, you're recently out of college, you're not thinking about this, but you're going to lose jobs if you can't interact with your female coworkers without mm. looking at their tits.
4: Do you think it's funny, though, that women are always afraid to go to HR? I don't think men are. I think women, we are always well, just they know, chicken shit. Yeah, they just know fucking they might go not to get HR. Yeah. Why are
3: you chicken shit? Just do it. Just go. Well, HR might not help them.
4: They might, though. They don't know. They didn't say that. I never, I'd rather not. Say, I don't want to get anybody else involved. Well,
2: I've worked at The Stranger for 23 years. If you're not looking at someone's tits, you're fired. That's our rule. That's hard <laughs> you go to HR and they're going to be like, excuse me? Uh,
3: yeah. I've, I've been in situations where I've told HR things and they're like, oh, that's interesting. We'll make a note.
4: Yeah, you couldn't then, get sexual
3: harassment help at the porn store either. You were just fucked. <laughs> Fair. There was no
2: help. I would like to try a threesome. How do I do that safely? Have you ever had a threesome? <laughs>
3: uh, I mean, not not with pony play involved. No? Tonight is the night.
4: Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, of course I have. Probably at the porn store when I was on the clock. I did it, yeah.
3: <laughs> I've done lots of weird shit. Um, yeah, it's uh, how do you do it safely? You know, that I don't know. Sa- safely like <laughs> like you know safe sex hell? or like emotionally?
2: I think both. Yeah. I think how do you organize that so nobody gets... Uh, bruised.
3: I don't know. Like
4: I hire a professional. What? She said, hire "Get a, a hooker." Well, that doesn't make sense. I've never paid for it. You just, um, I, I at the porn store, I just got customers. I'm
2: curious. I'm curious that I would think that if you worked in a porn store, you would be kind of sick of sex, just like people who work in bakeries don't want to eat cake.
4: Right. If I could get a job at a bakery, I would be so skinny because <laughs> that does happen. Um, but the first like three years, it's a thinker, guys. Yeah, um, <laughs> slow because, build. That's true. The, the The first three years, though, I was on it. I went crazy. I fucked a police officer on the job in the store. I I I fucked everybody at the store. And then um, and then eventually, though, about three years, four years in, I was like, oh, this again, Jesus. I was I was at, I, was at the, I would go to like orgies and stuff and be like, I roll Ugh, Tuesdays. I would just get sick of it. <laughs> And so now me and my partner, Justin, now we, we are just totally like missionary boring once a week, and I love it. It's the best thing ever.
2: It's pretty fucking kinky, that oh, missionary it. once crazy. a week shit. It's
4: crazy. But I'm so happy.
2: Um, another threesome question. After a threesome, how soon is it okay to ask the third to leave?
4: Oh, immediately. And
2: what is a polite way to do that?
4: Oh, just start getting dressed. I think get dressed. And uh, there's the door. You just immediately
3: get to go. That's well, depends it. if you know them too. Like if it's a friend that you've brought in, and you're just like, bye. That's rude. Especially well, if they put all that pony gear yeah, on. Especially after all it's the pony gear is on. I assume that stuff doesn't just come off easily. It doesn't. There's straps involved.
4: But yeah. I say, if it's a Craigslist hookup, you just tell them there's yeah. the door. The, there's you know,
2: no the way to handle this is to say something in advance. Don't wait yeah. till it's over as you're coming in say we have to get up really early we totally want to have you over but we can't host you overnight tonight but if you want to come over that would be great but da, da, da. then they know they're not having breakfast with you they probably right. don't want to fucking have breakfast with you sometimes people stick around after a three way to be polite and if you said That's true. Yeah. out out they'd be like oh thank fucking god i don't want to eat breakfast with those motherfuckers
3: <laughs> they might want to have fucking breakfast
2: with you no <laughs> Do you think all long-term relationships would benefit from some monogamish years?
3: Yes. Yeah, I
4: think so. I think I've done it always. I was married for a long time, and we had, like, an open, relate- open marriage for a while, and um, it works, but then when someone falls, like, my husband ended up leaving me for a lady he met on Star Like, what?
3: Is that a true Sometime, story? I don't what? lie. I can't help it. You are better off, girl. I know, but I, <laughs> I know. That was that was not a, that was not an anti-Star Trek thing. No, no, no. By the way, it was but an anti-this right. douchebag. I thing. just mean
4: that, like, sometimes um, these op- You know, the, you need the monogamy years to build that trust and to know that everything's going to work out, and then you can, I think, then open it up and then it works out. But my husband
3: and I didn't do that.
2: I agree, I actually agree with that Build a solid
3: foundation first When I start relationships now It's on the premise of like I would like this to be exclusive for a while But you have to know that later on We have to be able to talk about opening it up
2: What advice do you have for a woman Who's about to have vaginal intercourse With a pierced penis for the first time Run! (laughs) 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 They're not that scary um, if it's, it
4: looks, I
3: say
2: make you a... sure your IUD string
3: isn't real long. Oh. Really... <laughs> that, is, that is excellent advice. And we're going to leave that one right there. I think we don't need to answer any further. That question answered.
2: What would be your one piece of advice for a polyquad? The same advice I give to everybody. Communicate, communicate, communicate. You're just going to have to have like little United Nations meetings once a week. about. Right, are, we,
4: are we talking about a polyamorous quadriplegic? Four-way
2: relationship. Four people in a oh, relationship. Oh, I thought
3: you meant, Oh, I totally I, thought it was yeah, polyamorous, polyamorous quadriplegic. Polyamorous quadriplegic is yeah. what we thought. That's <laughs> <laughs> totally what I
4: thought. Okay.
3: And, <laughs> but you're right, Dan.
4: Communicate, communicate, communicate. I was like... <laughs> I've,
3: I think we're going to be able to figure out who it is. First yeah. of all,
2: <laughs> what are the, in the wheelchair. <laughs> just? We only have time for a couple more questions because I'm going to die. Um, what are the sexiest things people with itty bitty titties can do during straight sex? Seems like ideal sex in our culture equals big boobs. How do I change that? <laughs>
4: Back it up. <laughs> what is she asking she's, she's saying a, yeah
2: she's got small tits so yeah get
4: it. i don't know what's it's
3: the... like perfect
2: to hold on to yeah, you gotta I, love your tits and, and trust yeah, that the person if, who's with you loves your tits
3: if you love That's your tits right. everyone how, how can you everyone love else is tits? gonna love your tits Have, yeah my, my tits are so gross but my boyfriend loves them <laughs> i don't know
4: why but anyway, it doesn't matter.
3: No. confidence. Also, people who touch tits just like Yeah, yeah they just love touching tits. <laughs> tits are fun to touch. Big Nipples ones, small ones. Nobody cares. Gosh, misshapen ones, different side ones. It's like play-doh. Yeah. You can have a big, big giant glob of play-doh, or you can make a little play-doh house. That's fun every time.
2: How does a young gay twink get into the kink scene? BDSM. SM, Puppy Play, etc. I think you just follow Wilhelm from Berlin out of the That's building. That's
1: right.
2: There. I'm going to follow <laughs> Wilhelm from Berlin
3: right? out the door. No,
4: he's like, I, was saying, I think if you're a young gay twink, you're on your way. <laughs> They'll find you, babe. <laughs> Trust me.
3: <laughs> you're going to be a star. Yeah.
4: You're famous
2: already. Show up anywhere. So funny. Two more questions. Can you or can you not Organism. (laughs) Science question. Cool. (laughs) Can you or can you not organism by only or just massaging your prostate, and does it does it rid you of leftover or built up semen? (laughs)
3: Like you have excess, like Like special (laughs) semen. There's a special semen. Let me tell you the science. There's a special semen pouch that lives separate under your prostate. we designed those ketchup
2: it, packets to work just like that. Yeah, you has got to
3: get the rest out. It's
2: based on food science, based uh, uh, on the human body. Like,
4: t- like toothpaste.
2: P- yeah, people squeeze it you all. Know, when a man is aroused, the prostate swells, it pulls a lot of fluids out of the bloodstream. stream. That, that is part of what makes the seminal fluid that goes flying out of you. And there's some people who think that, that, you know, some people who are doing chastity play, they get aroused, their prostate swells, they get aroused, their prostate swells, eventually their, their prostate explodes and they die um, but you can theoretically massage the prostate and the fluid, the seminal fluid that's built up will leak and out. Just
4: ejaculate, yeah.
2: I've never seen this. I've
4: seen it. in ga- seen? I've seen porn, yeah. I've seen We're it happen <laughs> in gay porn. I watched I getting fucked by another dude. They didn't touch his dick at all and he just, and it happened. I saw it. So saw is it. the answer yes to this question? Yeah. I, I saw oh. it happen. I'm not a doctor, but I, you know. <laughs> I do have eyes. I think you are a little bit.
2: (laughs) I would say you are.
4: You're a doctor of life. I watch gay porn. I saw this happen one time.
2: I have gay sex. I've never seen that happen. (laughs) I need to start watching gay porn to see what I'm doing wrong.
4: (laughs) Well, you may have me beat on that, Dan. I don't know.
2: Last question: Does the popularity of Fifty Shades of Grey say anything interesting about women's sexuality on average? That society does not acknowledge.
4: It says nothing interesting about anybody
1: at
3: all. I don't know. Like, just because the material itself is, like, not interesting doesn't mean that its popularity doesn't say something interesting.
2: And what do you think the popularity says?
3: That women want to be taken...
2: I think, it, I think we've been to this rodeo before. I, I'm constantly yeah. fascinated by the cultural amnesia around sex and sex topics. Anne Rice, under a pseudonym in the 80s and 90s, yeah. wrote this whole series of books about S&M, the beauty... Uh, beauty and Punishment. All these beauty books. And... Everybody devoured them. They were really popular. In my women. high school, your yeah. high school, and it's, people just forgotten. Then Fifty Shades came along, and they're like, "This has never happened before. Women are reading about us." And I'm like, "They were reading about that in the '80s." Yeah, yeah.
4: That's I mean. I don't know. I think that um, the just this, you know, right? This, I'm mad that the subject matter and the books are boring. I think the books are boring, and I think it's stupid to be like, "Oh, the housewives want to be taken." Well, no, we just want to be paid attention to.
3: There's a difference. Oh so no, I'm no, both, I think. By Taken errors. and paid attention. Taken is being paid attention to. I guess. Well, Oh, we can have this
2: conversation, Max.
3: Well on that.
2: <laughs> Maybe with Wilhelm from Berlin know. you yeah. can have this conversation. <laughs> Come on out to Wilhelm.
4: Pull my hair when you say that, Caitlin. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Christine Levine and Caitlin Doney, give them a round of applause. And we're going to leave it there. 206-201-2720 is the number here at the Savage Lovecast. If you want to record a question or comment for a future show, give us a buzz. Follow me on Twitter at Fake Dan Savage. Follow Caitlin Doty on Twitter at The Good Death. Follow Christine Levine on Twitter at Christine Levine. And check out more of the Wet Spots music at www.wetspotsmusic.com. The Savage Lovecast is produced every week by Nancy Hartunian. Carrie Christie produced this week's live taping. Special thanks to the staff, the technicians, and bartenders at the Neptune Theater. And special thanks as well to the Seattle Theater Group, STG Presents, Baveland Sparkle Donkey Tequila, Wilhelm from Berlin, and DJ Trouble. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. And remember, we are all going to die but hopefully not before me and the tech savvy at risk youth are back at you next week with another installment of the savage love cast. Thank you for downloading.